Young people in the room, if you're living right now with your parents, you're dependent on them in some way, what happens in you when this happens? Honey, we go clean your room. Oh, sweetheart, that's not going to work. Would you go change? I think you got to go finish your homework. I know they want you to come go see that movie, but that's an inappropriate movie. You, you can't go. <sighs> Children in the room, here's what I want to help you see. When your parents ask you to do something, ask you not to do something, I want you to see someone standing behind your parents, Jesus. And you know what Jesus is saying to you? Do it for me. Obey your parents for me. Honor them for me. Do it for me. So would you look at Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Verse 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children in the room, live for Jesus. Live for Jesus. Obey your parents. Live for Christ by obeying your mother and your father. Four points this morning. To help you see this, that to live for Christ is to honor your mom and your dad. Four points. Here's the first one. Ready? Point number one. God's greenhouse of grace is the family. God's greenhouse of grace is the family. And the goal of the family is for children to grow in godliness. God's greenhouse of grace is the family, and the goal is for children to grow in godliness. We see that in Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, roles here of children and of parents. God wants us to be fully aware of what He wants for children and parents together in a Christian home moving forward. So I just want to set out a vision for us as a church in terms of what's the purpose of a family. So parents... Moms and dads, you're like the greenhouse keepers. You've been given the responsibility of growing your kids, of raising your children. That means providing a, a safe environment, loving environment for them, making sure the temperature's right, making sure there's enough moisture in the air, making sure you're doing weed and feed, you know, that kind of stuff around the little kids, making sure they're growing right. When it boils right down to it, parents, you're the ones who are making decisions of what plant goes where, when. You're making sure your little plants are fed with God's word. It's like miracle grow. 
You want to make sure they're in the best soil at the right time. More on that in a couple weeks. But what I want to point out here at the, at the forefront of this sermon is that, parents, your task is to create a gracious environment in your home in which your children thrive and grow in godliness. The family is God's greenhouse of grace where children grow in godliness. That's the family. We need to provide food, clothing, shelter. Even non-Christian parents provide that. But what sets us apart is godliness. Children, if parents are the greenhouse keepers, you're the little plants. <laughs> Maybe not so little. The goal of your parents, what God calls them to, is to provide a place for you to grow until you're ready to be planted outside the greenhouse. Your parents are tasked with preparing you to be able to live for Jesus on your own. That's what they're seeking to do. That's the goal of this greenhouse. It's to position you for godliness. And the timing is very important. You know, your parents do know things that you don't know. That's true. And they want to be able to help you and position you that when you one day you leave your home, that you will be able to thrive, that you're ready. Someday you're going to leave your parents' greenhouse and start a greenhouse of your own. One thing to note, God, young people, God has placed you in your parents' greenhouse. It's no mistake. It's no accident. It wasn't lucky kind of draw, very intentional. God wants you to grow where you're at in the family you're in. You know, when we're talking about the greenhouse and we're talking about families, it's very important, too, to talk about the local church. What's the relationship between a family, a greenhouse of godliness, and a local church? How does that work? Well, if you think about a local church like this way, with this analogy, it'd be like this. A local church is then a network of greenhouses linked together by Christ. I mean, we're all looking to God's Word to direct us and how to live in a manner worthy of our holy calling, whether that's as parents or as children. We're all looking to the same book. We're all looking to Jesus to help us with this. And so there's no need to pit the family against the church or the church against the family. doesn't need to do that. The church is a network of greenhouses to support families, individual greenhouses for the glory of Christ. A church doesn't take over a family. A church comes alongside of families, helps them. I mean, this is what we see just played out in front of us in Ephesians chapter 6. Do you know what happens when this arrived in Ephesus that first time? It was read to a congregation, a local body. It was read out loud to them, and so there were parents and children in the room. And so in the context of a local church, God's word went out in order to instruct them of what their roles were in their families. That's what's going on right here, right now. And so the church 
is here to come alongside and support what God is doing in families. It's mutually beneficial. So there's a place, a role for parents in the greenhouse, a role for children. The greenhouse is kind of interconnected in the local church. But I just want to reiterate the goal. The goal of the family, the goal of the greenhouse is godliness. Do you know what AKA means? Also known as AKA. Bruce Banner, AKA the Hulk, Peter Parker, AKA Spider-Man, Ben Hacker, AKA Man Bear, Clark Kent, AKA Superman, Godliness as an AKA, Christ-likeness. When we talk about the goal of the family being godliness, we're talking about the goal being Christ. Aiming our children at Jesus. We want to instruct children about Jesus. We want to help them love Jesus. We want to help them obey Jesus. We want to help them become like Jesus. And it's not limited to children. It's parents too. We're all in this together. Jesus is the goal. So God's greenhouse of grace, the family, the goal is children growing in godliness, Christ-likeness. And we do that together as a church. So that's number one, just understanding of what the family is and what the family is for. The second thing I want you to see this morning is what God requires of children. You see that in Ephesians 6.1. Children, obey your parents. Children. That's a rather broad category. Every person in this room is a child. All of us either have parents or have had parents. Specifically, Paul is aiming at our particular group of children, even in this room right now. And the, ch the children Paul has in mind here are those children who are still living in the greenhouse, who are still living at home, who are still dependent on their parents. And we see that in Ephesians 6.4, when fathers are instructed, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up, nurture them in the discipline and instruction of the, of the Lord. The children he's talking to are, are in need of nurture. They're in need of growing up. That's who he's talking to here. Children who are not quite ready to move out of the greenhouse. Obviously, the children here must be able to understand because Paul addresses children. And just to note, these children are in the congregation. Children are welcomed here. So if you are in this room and you're wondering, is Paul, is Paul God talking to me here? The question is, are you still dependent on your parents? Are you living in their home? Do you need them for something? And if the answer is yes, 
this exhortation applies to you. Children, obey your parents. That's the children. Now, children, notice who you're to obey. Your parents. Parents is plural. Both parents. And Paul's going to call in some backup in just a second in chapter 6, verses 2 and 3. And he quotes Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. And he makes it very clear. Honor your father and your mother. Both parents. So whether your parents are married or whether they're divorced or whether they're remarried, if you're a child in the room living with your parents, you are to obey them. Both of them. And notice, it's your parents. God has entrusted you to them. Children, in the room, if you would now look to the parent to your right or left, let me make some introductions. Children, this person next to you is the one that God has given the responsibility to raise you. That's who they are. It's not some lottery draw. God specifically placed this child in your home. Children, it's no accident that you're there. So whether it's, it's from being naturally born into the family that you're in, or you were adopted into the family that you're in, or that there's some kind of guardianship, that person is someone you must obey. Now, I just want to give you a sneak peek at something, kids. Some, a little bit more of what God is going to require of your, of your parents. We see it stated explicitly in verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children. But all throughout the Bible, there's an address to, it it's, includes both mom and dad. Here's what your parents are going to seek to do. And here's why there's a call to obey them. Your parents are going to provide for you. They're going to protect you. But God is calling them to more than that. They want to be a part of growing you to become like Jesus. And so way back in your Bible, in the book of Deuteronomy, we read something very important. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Moses has just reiterated the Ten Commandments in, in Deuteronomy chapter 5. They're about to enter the promised land. And so it, it is a kind of renewing of the covenant. And in chapter 6, verse 4, we read the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Words, of course, are the commands, the, the law. They were to be on the heart of these adults going into the promised land. They were to control their actions. They were going to aim them. And then look at verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Do you know what miracle grow is? Miracle grow is like this super soil that when you're planting a plant, you put miracle grow in and 
it's like super nutrients that the roots of a plant suck up and it gives them health, gives them strength. And so what we're being told here is this, as parents and children, you've got to be aware of this, of what God's calling your parents to. They are to get God's word on their heart and then God's word is going to go from their heart into you. And so essentially what it is is your parents are seeking to get the soil around the roots of your heart. They're seeking to put the miracle grow of God's word in there so that you can grow. You can know Jesus and love Jesus and obey him and live for him. That's what God is calling your parents to do. Children, you are to obey your parents. And this is the command of uh, this little section here. Obey your parents in the Lord. I need to make a really important distinction here. Because we can miss something here. I'm not sure if you're here for when I preached on the role of wives to submit to their husbands as to the Lord. But one of the important distinctions to make is this. That a husband and wife are made in the image of God. They are image bearers of God. Therefore, they are of the same value in God's sight. But God calls them to different roles according to their maleness and their femaleness. When we look at Ephesians chapter 6, one through four, we got to make the same distinction. Because a parent and a child are both image bearers of God. Therefore, they are of equal value in God's sight. So a parent who has authority is not more value to God than a child who's to be playing a submissive, obedient role. They're the same value in God's sight but they're called to different roles based upon their relationship according to God's design. And so they're to exercise those roles in faith. And what God is calling a child to hear is to obey their mother and their father. To come under their parents' God-given authority. To say yes to their mom and their dad. It is essentially an act of humility of coming under your parents, of trusting God's design, trusting that God has goodness for you. So to obey means to say yes to your mother and your father, to do what they ask you to do. They have the right to do that based upon God's design of the family. And he has good for you. I want to help you kids think rightly about obedience. So here are three little phrases that are designed to help you understand how to obey when your parents ask you to do something. You're to obey right away, all the way, with joy. You're to obey right away, all the way, with joy. Not a delayed obedience, right away. Not a partial obedience, but all the way. And not resentful, but joyful. And that last one, to obey with joy, that's the heart-est one. It's the heart-est one. 
because it's possible to obey right, obey right away and all the way and resenting your parents the whole time. Do you know how to do that with joy? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus calling you to this. There's where you're going to find joy. So when your parents ask you to clean your room, right away, all the way with joy. When your parents ask you to clean yourself, right away, all the way with joy. Do your homework, right away, all the way with joy. To pick up after your dog in the backyard, right away, all the way with joy. In Colossians 3.20, Paul says it this way. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. This is sweet to God when children obey this way. It honors him. He loves it. But I got to tell you, expect conflict. <laughs> because we bump heads. We bump hearts, don't we? We ask our children to do things. Children, you are asked to do things, and you don't want to do it for a variety of reasons. So what do you do? Here's what God would say. You obey your parents. You yield to them. You say, yes, okay, I'll do it. But is there room to ask why? Yes, there is. If your first response, kids, is to your parents when they ask you to do something, it's, but mom, but dad, take a deep breath. Step back. Don't put up a defense right away. Here's what you want to ask. Here's what you want to say. Mom, Dad, I want to honor you by obeying you, and I'm going to do this. But would you help me understand why I'm not seeing it adding up? And so if there's a dad that's asking his son to iron his underwear every morning, <laughs> you know what? If the son asks, Dad, you know, why, why do I have to iron my underwear every morning? And the dad says, you know what? It's, it's a Salvati tradition going back generations. <laughs> Hopefully that dad's going to hear himself saying that. He's going to be like, huh, you know what? It's kind of ridiculous. Don't worry about it. But let's say your teenage daughter comes downstairs in the kitchen. This is not directed at anybody in the room. <laughs> but let's say your teenage daughter comes down and, and she's wearing a low-cut shirt. And you're like, oh boy, honey, I think you need to change your shirt. And right away you can see in your daughter that she doesn't like what she's hearing. There is a place for daughters to say, Dad, um, I, I'll honor you and I will obey you. But, but can you help me understand why? And so now dads, moms, you have the opportunity to talk about modesty. And you're able to say, sweetheart, you don't want to bring boys' attentions to your chest. You don't want to draw their gaze there. You want to be known for Jesus, honey. And so that's a little too immodest. So can you, can you change? You see what's going on there? We want to give explanations to things. So kids, it's okay to ask why, just making sure you're asking why humbly. By the way, there, there is a place to actually disobey your parents. 
remember, this is children obey your parents in the Lord. So if your parents are asking you, forbidding you, asking you to do something that God forbids, or forbidding you to do something that God requires, you know who your allegiance falls to? Jesus. You know Jesus talked about that? He's going to divide families. It's about as, as important of a relationship we get. And Jesus is saying, hey, it's about following me. What my experience has been, those are few and far between when parents are asking their children to do something that Jesus would forbid. Children, I also want to help you understand something as well. Your call to obey your parents in the Lord here is for a season. What God, the, the timeless claim on you is to honor your father and your mother. And for a season, that honoring is going to look like obedience. Let's just say from when you're 3 to 20, it's going to look like obedience. And then from 20 to 40, you know what it's going to look like? How you honor your mother and your father? Seeking advice, respecting them, being in their lives, welcoming them into your life. And then you know what? From 40 on, you know what it's going to look like? How to honor your mother and your father? Caring for them. Being with them, loving them. And so all the way through our lives, we're going to honor our mother and our father. But for this particular season, 0, 2 through 18 or 19, the call on you is to obey. To obey your mother and your father. You might be asking a question here. What, what if my parents are not Christians? It's still binding. And so you to obey right away, all the way with joy for Jesus. You know what makes your parents' job really easy? Is when you invite them in. Recently, I had a child of mine come to me and say, Dad, will you help me? Will you help me follow Jesus? Will you help me grow? Man, that's like a lob. <laughs> it's like, oh, yes. Let me direct you to your Bible. Let me aim you at Jesus. Children, are you not obeying your parents? Are you being slow to obey your parents? Are you partially obeying your parents? Are you resenting your parents as you obey them? Are you hiding something from your parents? God wants you to obey them. Do you know what backup is? Backup TV show? This is Adam 793. I need backup stat 39th and Main. Whip, 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 whip. You know what I'm talking about? Backup. The Apostle Paul had just made a statement. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. And then in verses 2 and 3, he calls in backup. He quotes Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. I mean, he goes big. He, he goes Ten Commandments big. 
So what we see, point three, is a timeless command with a vibrant promise. And it's back up. The Ten Commandments. You know, there were 613 commandments in the Old Testament that constituted the law. 613. That's a lot of commandments. And the Ten Commandments are those commandments that apply to everyone all the time. And so those 613, many of which were applied to this person in this situation. So, So men with oxes, when your ox falls down, this is what you do. So it's very specific. And so the Ten Commandments are kind of the intro to the rest of the law, and they are the big ones. They are uh, applied to everyone all the time. And and those Ten Commandments are actually broken into two groups. Commandments 1 through 4 are very much Godward in their aim, and Commandments 5 through 6 are very much horizontal, dealing with relationships. Do you know the first commandment that deals with human relationships? Do you know which one that is? Honor your mother and your father. It's commandment number five. It's very important. What Paul is saying here by quoting Exodus 20 is that this is of significance. Children, this is really important. What did honor mean to the original recipients? Well, it was a deep deep respect. It's very serious. Can I just turn something, uh, turn back on your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20. I'm going to do this to show you how serious this is to honor your father and your mother in God's eyes. I'm not sure if you know this is in your Bible. So Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, we read, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land. Now turn your page over to Exodus chapter 21, and we're looking at verse 15. Whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. Look at verse 17. Whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. Are are you picking up on the weight of this? It is incredibly important to God. The way that you respond to your parents speaks of your heart towards God. What I want to help you to see here is this. This command, children, to obey your parents, it's actually a double command. It's command two times over. You are commanded to obey your parents out of obedience to God. You obey, you honor your mom and dad out of obedience to Jesus. So what this means is this. So when you disobey your mom, you disobey God, not because your mom is God, but because God has commanded you to obey your mom. Paul here is quoting Exodus chapter 20 because he wants to help children see, and us too as parents, what God is wanting to get done in the family. Children must obey in order for there to be godliness in the home. 
So why is Paul pointing this out? Why is Paul calling on the backup of Exodus 20? Well, he's saying that this is a timeless, unchanging, and universally binding command. This is true all the time. So it was true for Jews back in the day, and it's true now for Christians. You see, when Christ came on the scene, he didn't come to abolish the law. He actually came to fulfill it. And we're going to see in a second how he did that with this command. But what I want you to see here is this. Paul is quoting Exodus chapter 20 to give weight to his exhortation to children. It's very serious. Now, I'm guessing some of you in the room are asking a question like this. What happens if I've disobeyed my parents? What happens if I am disobeying my parents? What happens if, if I have disobeyed my parents? So let's just kind of, kind of remove the tension in the room. Who in their life has ever disobeyed their parents? Please raise your hand. Right. Randy Reinerson obviously has not. <laughs> I've been waiting for months to do that, Randy. Just. We've all disobeyed our parents. So do you know what this means? God's law hasn't changed. Do you know what it means for all of us? Each of us has broken God's timeless, unchanging, universally binding law, which means each of us is a transgressor. Each of us is a sinner. And what is the consequence for sinning against God this way? Well, if Exodus 21 says anything about that, it's very serious. Disobeying your parents results in being condemned by God. For the wages of sin is death. We're all there. On this command alone. You raised your hand. So what do we do? We look to Jesus. In Luke 2, there's a really interesting story about Jesus. His family was in Jerusalem. Mary and Joseph say, hey, it's time to go back to Bethlehem. They think they pack everybody up. Jesus is 12 years old. They're on their way back to Bethlehem, and they look around. They're like, hey, where's Jesus? They freak out. They head back to, who's, who's ever lost a child? You, you know what they were experiencing. They head back to Jerusalem. And do you know where they find Jesus? In the temple, instructing the instructors. And you remember what Jesus says to them? They say, Jesus, what, why, where have you been? And you know what, remember what Jesus says? Did you not know that it'd be in my father's house? He knew. But what I want to point you to in Luke is what happens next. Luke 2, verse 51. And after he talked, they talked about this, Jesus went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. Jesus was submissive to Mary and Joseph. God in the flesh 
obeyed his earthly father and mother. It's amazing to think about. Jesus did what we can never do. He perfectly obeyed his parents all the time. Every time he was asked to do something, it was right away, all the way with joy. Every time. Every time. He did something we could never do. He was the perfect son. And then he made the perfect sacrifice for the sons of disobedience. He died in our place. He took on himself what our disobedience deserved. He bore the wrath for us. So not only is he the perfect child, he's the perfect savior. All in one. And when we put our faith in Jesus, not only are we forgiven of all of our disobedience, but he grants us all of the obedience of Jesus. We are fully accepted in God's sight. Isn't that awesome? And he's the perfect Lord. This is a commandment with a promise. It's a timeless command, and it's a command with a promise. This is the first of the Ten Commandments that has an explicit promise attached to it. In fact, it's the first of all of the commands of the law with a promise. And the promise is that it may go well with you, that you may live long on the earth. Do you know what God is saying here? I've got good for you, children. I've got good for you. Obey your parents, obey my word, and I will bless you. I'll take care of you. I'll see to it. You'll experience peace and blessing and trust in your relationship with your parents. You will not have to fear them. It's motivating. Rightfully so. He's promising blessing. So why is Paul emphasizing this promise? I mean, he, there's a little parenthetical apostolic comment there. It's the first commandment with a promise. He wants to motivate us by grace in obeying your parents. But I want to point you to the greatest of all motivations. This is the last point. The ultimate motivation. It's back in 6.1. It's the three words. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. In the Lord. In chapter 5, we already saw at the end, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. When we turn to the corner and a little bit later here in chapter 6, we're going to see slaves obeying their masters as unto Christ. Masters, don't be mean to your slaves. Why? Because you have a master in heaven. It's all unto Christ. It's all unto Christ. Fathers, raise your children in the fear and instruction of the Lord. It's unto Christ. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. It's, it's for Christ. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, children, obey in the Lord your parents. Children, obey your parents as unto the Lord. The ultimate reason to obey your parents, kids, is to please Christ. Obey your obeying your parents is pleasing to Jesus. This is about walking in a manner worthy of, our, of your calling as a Christian. Obeying your parents is a way to live in a manner pleasing of your calling. 
And it's also cross-cultural. No. Countercultural. If you looked at Romans chapter 1, when sinners reject God, God hands them over to their sin. And what you read in Romans 1, 28 through 30 is one of the sins they hand, are handed over to is disobeying their parents. In 2 Timothy 3, verses 2 and 3, the last times, they're going to be awful. We're living in them. And one of the marks of the end times is disobedience to parents. It's verse 3. Obeying parents is countercultural. To obey mom and dad for Jesus' sake is unusual. And it is right in God's sight. So children, what should you do when your parents ask you to do something but you don't want to do it? <sighs> or maybe they've been mean when they tell you to do something? Well, you're to obey right away, all the way with joy, with the Jesus joy. What should be going through your mind when you're asked to do something? Three words. In the Lord. Obey your parents in the Lord. Just a couple other points here, and we'll wrap up. Children, what should you do when a friend asks you to disobey your parents? Hey, come and see this movie with me. No, I can't. Well, why not? My parents wouldn't want me to. Well, why wouldn't they let you go? That's the moment you can throw them under the, your parents under the bus, by the way. <laughs> well, my parents are looking out for me, and I know they, they would be uncomfortable with this movie. Well, then tell them that you're going to see another movie, and we'll go see this movie at the same time. Well, I, I can't do that. Well, why not? Well, that would be lying to them. That's, that's not honoring them either. Seriously, what is your deal? Why are you so controlled by your parents? They're so oppressive. Well, actually, my parents aren't oppressing me. In fact, I'm not obeying them for them. I'm choosing to obey them out of a desire to please my Lord Jesus. So, my friend, if you want me to disobey my Lord who shed his blood for me, then raised from the grave for me, if you want me to disobey him by disobeying my parents, maybe I should think about whether you should be my friend. Because a real friend would not ask me to do something my Lord forbids. And as my six-year-old says, awkward. Following Jesus is full of awkward moments like that. That's normal. That's normal. There you have it. You know what that is? That's, that's Ephesians chapter 5, 7 through 14 being lived out. You're walking as a child of light, not participating in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, disobeying your parents, but rather you are exposing them. Live for Jesus, obey your parents. What happens if you're sitting here right now as an adult 
and God is convicting you because you've disobeyed your parents when you were a child. And you're realizing now that not only were you disobeying your parents, but you were disobeying God. What do you do? You run to your heavenly father. Confess your sin to your heavenly father. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a promise. Run to him. Go to your heavenly father and confess your disobedience to him. Your disobedience to your earthly parents and your disobedience to your heavenly father. And then, if your parents are still alive, talk to them and confess your sin to them and ask them to forgive you. I was a freak when I was a teenager. I am sorry, mom and dad. Will you forgive me? I disobeyed you like 9,000 times. Will you forgive me? Please. You want to own it. Act on it by faith and seek your parents' forgiveness. And if your parents ask you, it's like, who are you? What happened to you? Seriously. You've got my child's name, but you're like someone else. What happened? Do you know what you say? Jesus happened to me. I've been changed. And now I want to obey him and own up to what I've done wrong. Now, if your parents are dead and therefore you can't talk to them, you can still own it before your heavenly father. It goes something like this. Oh, father, I wish my parents were still alive so that I could tell them how much I regret the many different ways I disobeyed them. But I can't and you know that, so I will trust my confession of my sin to you will suffice. It's as far as I can go. And then you say, thank you, God, for helping me to see my sin. We've covered a lot of ground. In order to, for children to grow in godliness, they got to be in God's greenhouse of grace. And in children, you must obey your parents because it pleases Christ. So the next time your parents ask you to do something and there's a little growl deep within you, would you look to see who's standing behind your parents? Jesus saying, do it for me. <laughs>